On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, INDY. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Well, the Colts won in style on Thursday night football, so we really don't have a breakdown or anything else to do this weekend. So we kind of thought of an idea of what is the biggest question mark for every position group for the Indianapolis Colts for the rest of this season and going forward after this season. And so we decided, well, we're going to answer those questions today, at least from what we've seen through the first nine weeks, 10 weeks of the season. So let's hop into this. It's going to be a little bit of a longer video. We're going to break apart the offense and the defense into two separate video, uh, two separate videos. So that way it doesn't take forever. So let's get into the offense for this one and the defensive video will be uploaded later on. But the first question, and you got to start with the quarterback position, who is the quarterback of the future for the Indianapolis Colts? Now, everyone has already concluded that, you know, Phillip Rivers is going to finish out the year. He is the quarterback for the Colts right now. He has been winning them games. He's been playing much better uh, so far over the last month. So it's good to see. But again, we still don't know what's going to happen after this season. Is Phillip Rivers going to come back? Do the Colts really want to bring Rivers back? Because I think what you're seeing right now is the almost the height of what we're going to get out of Phillip Rivers. And do they think that's enough to warrant bringing him back again. We've heard everyone talking about, is Jacob Eason going to get the chance? I mean, that's up for debate there. Ballard's pretty much the one in charge of that one. And then there's the other question of, do the Colts decide to draft a quarterback and get aggressive? So, Cody, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this because I, 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 I might be an idiot for doing so. I might be, but I do occasionally listen to Colin Cowherd and see what he says about the Colts a lot of times. And he brought up a point that I kind of agree with. Um, again, I don't agree with everything he says because half the time I don't think he really cares, but he did bring up a point that I thought was interesting. So I want to hear your thoughts on what the QB future looks like for Indy. Okay. Yeah, so if I'm putting my GM hat on right now, so I am is sitting in Chris Ballard's shoes at this point. I mean, I think for me, I don't re-sign Phillip Rivers after this season. I don't. I think, you know, you put a Band-Aid on it for a season. You know, I gave you a little bit of grace. Rivers has had some really decent games where he's been a game manager. And I know exactly what video you're talking about because I actually was able – I actually watched it uh, actually earlier today. So – you know, basically the whole idea of that video was, you know, thinking of he compared the Colts to the Chiefs pre-Patrick Mahomes, where they were pretty good. You know, they were a playoff team week at, or, or year in and year out. Uh, they, you know, they made it to the playoffs. They competed, but they never really were Super Bowl contenders until they found their quarterback. They had a decent quarterback in Alex Smith, but they traded up and they got their guy in Patrick Mahomes. 
and he feels like if the Colts can do that and they can get their guy and he's, you know, a good quarterback, the Colts could potentially do that too. And that's kind of where I stand, honestly, Derek, at this point. If you fall in love, probably not going to get uh, Trevor Lawrence or maybe not even Justin Fields, but, you know, some of those other quarterbacks, maybe you get a little bit, maybe in the teens around that area, uh, you know, Trey Lance is a name. I know there's some other names. Zach Wilson from, uh, from BYU is another name that people have been really, really going crazy about. So I think if I'm the GM of the Colts and I fall in love, say with Zach Wilson, we'll just go there because that's that guy's been getting a lot of love from Colts Nation. He's kind of, and I know it's kind of a, a weak comparison, but every year uh, the, the Colts Twitter falls in love with some prospect. And last year it was Jordan Love. This year it looks like it might be Zach Wilson early on. Now, uh, you know, talking to some people about Zach Wilson, they feel like he's a lot more polished than Love was last year coming out. So I think for him, no matter what it takes, if you fall in love with one of these guys, you got to trade whatever you need to. I mean, Ballard has built the foundation for this team, especially on the defensive side. I don't really feel like beyond some minor tweaks, maybe some minor depth adds, you have to do a ton to this defense moving forward. You might have to resign some of your guys, but beyond that, beyond new additions, uh, maybe one, one or two, but I honestly don't feel like they're first round priority. So I feel like if I'm Chris Ballard and I have this hat on and I fall in love with one of these guys, I'm trading away some capital no matter what it takes to get to that pick to get my guy. Because we talked about this before on this podcast, Derek. You live and die by how good your quarterback plays, right? The quarterback is the most important position in sports. Frank Reich has said that. Uh, and Chris Ballard has said that. You know, not just football, in sports. You know, you, you we saw that last year. I mean – we would argue that the Colts probably have overall uh, a better well-rounded team than the Kansas city chiefs, but yeah. chiefs are Super Bowl contenders because of Patrick Mahomes, because of their quarterback position. That's such a premium position. You have to be good at the quarterback position. If you're going to win games consistently year in and year out. So for me, I'm trading whatever it takes to get one of my guys. If indeed I do fall in love with one of these guys. Now we don't really know, obviously, and we're not going to pretend to be Chris Ballard, but that's the approach I would take. And maybe you know, maybe if you don't fall in love with any of those first round quarterbacks, you go into the second or third round, you draft one of those guys and you let him and Jacob Eason compete for that starting spot. I mean, why not at this point? That's, that's kind of where I'm at in terms of the quarterback position. Um, I'd probably go that route, but I'm curious, Derek, if, if you would agree with me or if maybe you're a team Phillip Rivers for another season. Well, I mean, obviously Phillip Rivers has done a terrific job so far of being that game manager that the Colts needed. And, you know, it's certainly winning them games because, you know, that defense is doing well enough that, you know, the offense is starting to pick up a little bit of the slack uh, to help this defense out. But yeah, I'm not on the bandwagon of getting Phillip Rivers another year because this is why. This year you're seeing exactly what Phillip Rivers is going to give you. You're going to get 250 to 300 yards at best. You're going to get one touchdown, maybe two. That's about all you're going to get. You're not going to get consistent figures of two, three, four touchdowns a game, 300 yards on average. You're not going to get that from Phillip Rivers. It's, he just doesn't have it. And this offense right now, for wide receiver's sake, just isn't at that moment yet to help him do that. And also just his tendency, the way he throws the ball all over the field, just also kind of hurts that in a way as well. But going back to the theory of what Colin Cowherd said that, you know, they were the Kansas City Chiefs pre-Patrick Mahomes. He's absolutely right. Now, obviously, the 
the Colts are a built a little bit different than what that Kansas City Chiefs was. They're much better defensively than what Kansas City was during those times. They're slightly less uh, effective on offense than they were. But again, you're right. They had the good coach. They had a good overall roster. They were able to compete against teams, win more games than they lost, but they just were never able to get over that hump. And the quarterback is the one that we need. It's time to take a hold of this situation that Andrew Luck put us in, and it's time to take it and for Ballard to say, all right, we're going to get our guy. Now, I know Ballard's never really been super aggressive when it comes to drafting or picking up guys in free agency up until this year. And I think he's now realized that what, when he took the aggressive route, it worked. They got DeForest Buckner. He's been one of the best defensive linemen, and it's completely changed how this defense has looked. You went up and got Jonathan Taylor, who you think can be the premier back of the future. Julian Blackman uh, in the running for defensive rookie of the year. I mean, th- you got guys this year that when you were aggressive and went with your heart, those guys are working right now. And it, the quarterback is very essential. Now, do we go with a guy in – and free agency, or do we get a trade from one of these other teams? Because a couple of those teams that are at one, two, between one and like basically 10, there are a couple quarterbacks there that you could potentially say, well, I'd want to steal one of those guys because, I mean, the name that keeps getting brought up are Dak Prescott and Sam Darnold, right? Those are the names that get brought up a lot because they're young, they're athletic, they can play, they're guys that you can build a future around if you feel confident in those guys to do that. And at the Jets especially, I think they're going to get rid of Sam Darnold because I think they know the number one pick for Trevor Lawrence. I don't anticipate the Colts to go for Trevor Lawrence. I don't anticipate that. I don't think anyone's going to try to steal the number one pick from the Jets because I don't think the Jets are going to listen to any offers on that. But please, for the love of God, if you fall in love with Justin Fields at number two and you say we want to steal him from the Jacksonville Jaguars, please do take this guy. I don't care if it's Justin Fields and he's the number two pick. I don't care if, you know, Zach Wilson was uh, potentially worth a better investment. We didn't have to give up as much. I don't care if you fall in love with any of these guys do it. Do what is necessary. Take that approach because it could be what this team needs for the future because, Cody, this roster is ready to win now. This defense, the way it's built right now, is ready to win now. And this offense needs a playmaker at the quarterback position. Justin Fields could be that. Now, Zach Wilson, like you mentioned, I was on Colts Twitter a lot this last off season. And I got on a lot of people that believed in the Jordan love hype. I hated it. I hated the idea of people saying Jordan love was going to be the new great thing. We don't know if he will be, but I, I wasn't on the hype board as much as everyone else was. I was going to say, I, I I'm kind of the same way about Zach Wilson, but you're right. It's that Zach Wilson is a much more polished quarterback. Certainly has a great deep ball. I mean, in eight games, he has 30 He has thirty touchdowns. I mean, he's almost throwing four touchdowns a game. So, I mean, I can't, I can't fault that. The dude definitely can throw the ball, no question about it. But, you know, my heart is with Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. I mean, those two guys are – whichever one Colts Nation potentially tried to get, 
I would love either one of them because they both can throw the rock better than anyone. But, yeah, I, I think the Colts really need to try to either steal a young quarterback from this team from a team going forward or they need to draft one because I'm not a fan of Phillip Rivers going after this season, and I'm not a fan of trying to throw Eason in there and say that's the resolve right now because I think this team needs – a more battle-ready quarterback that I think is ready to go now instead of just one that's still a development. Yeah, and I think I would rather do that also than trade for a Sam Darnold or trade for a Dak Prescott or, you know, Carson Wentz. I know it's been a name that people have just randomly thrown out there too because you're going to have to pay those guys some some money, whereas you're going to – if you draft the guy, yeah, you might have to give a little more draft capital, but, you know – you get your guy on a four-year contract, maybe even a five-year, you pick up the option. So I would rather do that than, than trade for, you have to give away draft capital, then you have to pay the guy. I'd rather not do either of those things. I'd rather just draft up, get your guy that you love, a guy that's not scarred like Sam Darnold might be from this Jets organization, and just go get your guy. I mean, I think that's, that's where we're at at this point. Like you said, the Colts are ready to win now. Um, you know, we think if Paris Campbell can come back and be healthy, we saw Michael Pittman start to emerge a little bit. We'll get into that. But, um, you know, you, you, you're starting to see some of these offensive weapons finding their way. And you're just like, man, if we could just get a superstar quarterback in there, I mean, we, we would be unstoppable. Our defense has been incredible so far. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there, Derek. You got to do what you got to do. Get your quarterback this year. You can't, not another year of Phillip Rivers, please. I mean, he's been what we thought he'd be, but – I mean, moving forward, come on. Yeah, <laughs> you we, need, we need more. We need more from this. Yeah. All right, let's go to the running back room. Uh, a lot of the talk has been about Marlon Mack and potentially getting re-signed, but we're not going to talk about that one. What we want to talk about is the more pressing topic right now, and that is what is Jonathan Taylor's role in this offense? Because obviously last game against the Titans uh, hasn't uh, didn't do a ton in that game. Uh, so far this season has been underwhelming when it comes to Jonathan Taylor, at least the standards that fans are putting on him. But, you know, you and I both had a, a few shots thrown at some fans for, uh, you know, trying to say, you know, how great this running attack was last week. Uh, and a lot of people trying to say how Jonathan Taylor was a non-factor in this game, even though he had two passes that were completed to him for first downs on both of those and had a touchdown himself during that game. So I don't know how people say he was ineffective in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, right now what we're seeing is Naheem Hines being the weapon, right? He's he's the weapon. He's the guy that should take over this offense right now because he's the, he's the veteran in this offense. He's the most explosive weapon on this offense. He needs to be the guy that is featured in this offense more going forward, and that includes a little bit of running as well. I mean, he ran the ball so well last week as well, and obviously we know Jordan Wilkins – and what he's able to bring running uh, in between the tackles. He's a, he's a grinder. He just gets the hard-fought runs. I like that about him. But I think Jonathan Taylor is more useful in the passing game. I really liked what I saw from those quick screens that Phillip Rivers was giving him and just saying, let Jonathan Taylor just go in open field and make plays. I mean, he was running over guys, and the runs he had, he was moving forward the whole time. It looked like... Jonathan Taylor finally said, I'm not going to go sideways anymore. I'm going to go forward and I'm just going to let my weight carry me 
And it did. It worked really well. He got yards when he wasn't supposed to because of that. You know, we what was the comment that somebody said to you? Like, what? Not due to Jonathan Taylor in any way as us winning that game? What was yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny, just the overreactions. Like, and, and we've said, you know, he, he's been underwhelming. Like, I don't think that's a stretch to say. There's been moments where he's been underwhelming this season. But, like, you saw it. When you get him in open space, you see that, you know, 4-3, four, four, you know, running ability that he had. I mean, that physical nature that he did. I mean, he trucked. Uh, he trucked Marnie, that Monty Hooker, man. Like, he, you know, and that's the things you like to see from him. You're like, okay, you see now what the Colts saw when they traded up for him. He's got physical talent. He's just, you know, he's got to continue to develop. And yeah. people were probably saying the same thing. We didn't have a podcast back then. People were probably saying similar things about Marlon Mack, his rookie yep. year, with a yep. lack of vision, you know, stuff like that. I mean, these guys coming out, sometimes they're raw. Sometimes they need some time. So I'm willing to be patient with him, but you're right. You know, the question mark is, or the question I've asked with the running backs is about his role moving forward, um, whether that be the rest of the season and also next year, especially because, you know, when Jonathan Taylor was initially drafted, so many Colts fans are saying he's gone. Jonathan or, or Jonathan Taylor is going to take Marlon Mack's spot. Marlon Mack is gone after the season. And I think that has changed dramatically as the season's gone along. Most Colts fans would say, Oh, it's a no-brainer. You re-sign Mac, you bring him back. I believe that too. I think you definitely bring him back. But the question marks are going to be: What is the you know what is the move going forward uh, for Jonathan Taylor? What does his role look like? You know, is it more of a pass-catching option the rest of the season? Do you think you can maybe get him going a little bit more as the season progresses? You see some progress from him. Uh, that is the biggest question mark right now for John for this running back room. Is your high pick you you took this year? What is his role moving forward? What do you use him in, um, you know, in this offense? So I definitely, I definitely see that. Yeah. And I really liked what I saw from him in Tennessee. Again, I know the, because the issue was when it came to the reason he didn't get a lot of yards is because when they ran him a bunch of times, especially early in that game, they were running him on third and shorts, fourth and shorts, say, get the first down. We're not looking for the big play. We're getting the first down here. Like that's why he was getting two, three yards on those carries because he was just trying to get the one yard. But like, that's what I want to see is them use him in those short game situations. He's starting to learn to just say, put the shoulder down and just go. And not to mention, I like the occasional screen with him because that, that worked so well. And it's worked all season with him. Every time this guy gets a screen, I feel like he gets a 10, 15, 20-yard gain out of it every time he does it. So mm-hmm. I want to see more of that. Yeah, he is hard to bring down in open space. I think that's just been the biggest thing just because of some of the lack of vision, the, the bad pass block or bad run blocking, excuse me, at times. Uh, we just haven't been able to see him in open space and see him take on tacklers and just push forward, push the pile forward. But that's what I like to see in those screens. You know, you just see Jonathan Taylor versus a defender. And a lot of times, more often than not, Jonathan Taylor's the winner on that. I mean, he shows all the physical talents that he does have. So, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. All right, let's move to the wide receiver position. Now, obviously, we kind of have a, a general understanding of what this wide receiver group looks like. Michael Pittman finally had his breakout game at Tennessee, having over 100 yards for the first time this season. He looked really good. Uh, he said he feels much more confident in his cuts and his movements now, so it looks like he's finally getting the confidence back. Uh, Zach Pascal, very good complimentary wide receiver, has had a couple decent games this year. And 
obviously we know Paris Campbell when he gets back, you know, he's that speed demon that can definitely do a lot of damage. But outside of this, Cody, I mean, again, you got really only two reliable wide receivers right now that, you know, you can count on. And we haven't really been able to count on T.Y. Hilton this year so far. And Paris Campbell obviously being injured hasn't really had a chance to show that yet. So really the big question is how much emphasis is there for the Colts to try and find that other good wide receiver for this team moving forward in this offseason? Do you draft one? Do you go in the offseason and try to get one in free agency? Because there might be a few of them you can snag. Yeah, I think there might be a few in, in uh, free agency you could look to potentially add this offseason. Um, or maybe maybe you go another second-round pick if, if you do go with the quarterback in the first round. Or I don't know what, what it would take to get him. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, maybe you do invest a little bit more into the wide receiver group, especially if you elect to not bring back T.Y. Hilton, who – has had probably his worst statistical season through nine games so far when healthy. Um, so, yeah, I think that is a big question mark. What do you do moving forward? You know, you like some of the pieces you have. Pittman, you mentioned, uh, you know, Paris Campbell went healthy. Uh, Zach Paschal is another name. Marcus Johnson's had some nice moments. Uh, no, Michael Harris has had some nice moments. But, you know, none of these guys, besides maybe Pittman, I mean, we've just seen the scratch the surface on him. None of these guys, like, freak you out and freak a defensive coordinator out and be like, oh, man, we have to game plan from this guy. And credit Chris Ballard because one thing, Derek, that he's done so well ever since he's the GM with Indianapolis is he's turned some glaring weaknesses on this team into big strengths, into big wins. So you think about 2017, the offensive line. What did he do? He went out, he drafted Quentin Nelson, drafted Braden Smith in 2018 draft, uh, and the Colts through the last couple of years have been one of the best teams on the offensive line. And, you know, last year, uh, the Colts struggled at the three technique. What's he do? He trades number 13 overall, and he goes and gets his guy, DeForest Buckner. And now the Colts three technique is probably one of the best in the game. Um, same with corner as well. He, he just has this trend where he continually makes these weaknesses strengths. And I think he's going to, you know, he's had some unfortunate luck with, you know, Paris Campbell and the injury, Michael Pittman with the injury early on, some of his receivers he's drafted. It hasn't been a lack of talent. It's just been availability. So I think it definitely would be wise for the Colts potentially uh, to go after a wide receiver, whether that be free agency, because they're going to have a lot of money. Yeah, you're going to re-sign some of your guys. You're still going to have a decent amount of cap space moving forward. So I think it makes sense for me to go potentially sign a free agent wide receiver Get, just get a guy that scares some defensive coordinators at night. That is just the biggest thing for me for the wide receiver position. I, you know, I probably wouldn't re-sign T.Y. Hilton at this point. Maybe that's a little bit controversial. I'm not sure. But uh, I think at this point, you got to go out there and you got to get your guy that's just going to scare uh, defenses. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not even one of those guys that really says you should go after one early in the draft because, you know, honestly, those got a lot of those, like, you know, a few of them work out. A few of them don't, you know, especially I don't know how it's going to be this year for Indianapolis. Uh, maybe you could go with one in the first or the second round if you don't decide to go with a quarterback by moving up. You know, that's one of those options. Uh, it's unfortunate, though. There's no way we get Chris Olave. That would be one of the best things ever if the Colts were able to get Chris Olave from Ohio State. Clearly the best wide receiver in the draft, no question in my mind whatsoever. I know people say, oh, Rondale Moore from Purdue, oh, uh, Waddle from Alabama, not buying either one of them. Chris Olave for me, 100%. But yeah, so moving on here, 
offensive line, and there's really not a lot to really mention here outside of the left tackle position because, you know, everything else is pretty locked down for the offensive line, or we know guys are going to get extensions when they get nearby because obviously Ballard wants to keep this offensive line group together because they've been healthy for the majority of the time. They've been great uh, blocking. So now you got to worry about Anthony Costanza, who this year has had a solid season, I guess is the best that you can say. You know, he's not had the year that we normally expect of Costanza. And, you know, he is getting older. He did come back in free agency at the beginning of free agency, right before free agency started and said, I'm going to come back, but only for a year or two. So we don't know how long we're actually going to keep our left tackle. And we don't know who's going to come in behind him. So the big question here, Cody, is when do you go after your left tackle? And, you know, do you go through the draft? Do you go through free agency? My guess is Valor will probably, uh, We'll probably tackle that position, no pun intended there, in the first or second round of this year's draft because, you know, we all know there's a lot of quality tackles that come out of the uh, out of college football every year. And if you can snag a guy in the first or second round, that's usually a great pickup for your team. Yeah, it is. And I agree. I don't – you don't – if you don't find your future left tackle in free agency, you draft him. So I think for me, Derek – Outside of quarterback, quarterback's obviously number one. It's got to be number one. Number two for me um, has to be left tackle. It has to be. Costanzo has had a very down year for him. Um, you know, he's on the other side of 30 now. You don't know how much longer, he, you know, you have him. You signed him, extended him for two years. But, I mean, he had some question marks after last season. Do I really want to continue to play? And so, uh, yeah, I think it would be really, really wise to invest in that left tackle uh, for a couple of reasons. You know, even if Costanzo comes back next year, you can give that guy kind of a red shirt campaign, similar to what you did with Jacob Eason, and you can just uh, let him develop, let him learn behind Costanzo, behind Nelson, and, uh, and just groom him for whenever Costanzo decides to hang it up. It's a pretty seamless transition. I think that's what the Colts need to do. You know, I'm not going to, we're not going to get into early mock drafts, but if I did an early mock draft, I'd go all well, quarterback first round, left tackle, second round, um, or whenever you have the second pick. Cause I think it's just that, that important. It's such a premium position. And uh, Costanzo has been so, such a rock for years, but uh, you need to figure it out. You need to find out your, your future at left tackle. Um, it's, it's coming sooner than you think. And you can't, you can't afford to have, you know, say you do trade up for a quarterback. You can't afford to have a liability on his blind side, the most important position at a, for a quarterback uh, to be aware of. So, you know, on the offensive line. So, yeah, I definitely think left tackle is huge for me. It's the biggest question mark. All the other guys have been extended. You think Nelson and, and Smith will be extended here pretty soon, uh, be, be some of the higher play, paid position players at their position, excuse me. So, yeah, I, I definitely think left tackle is the biggest question mark for this offensive line moving forward. Costanza's uh, suffered this year a little bit. So uh, I definitely think uh, the future is now. The Colts need to figure that out this offseason for sure. And that was what really frustrated me about Josh Jones' last draft because he was falling really far into that second round. And when the Arizona Cardinals picked him up at uh, pick number 62, I was so frustrated. I said, man, why couldn't he have just fallen to 75? You know, because I really, really wanted him. I was high on him in the draft process. And I said, you know, this guy could be a fringe 
first round talent just depends on which team would actually give him a chance. And it was, it was shocking to see him fall so much, but it, it, I really wanted him, but I, like you said, I think the Colts will get uh, go for him at that point. And the last position we have here for the offense is the tight end position. This tight end position has seen a lot of shake and bake this year. A lot of different guys starting, a lot of guys getting different play times, a lot of different snap counts, and different production as well. Uh, Jack Doyle obviously didn't play uh, the last half against the Ravens and the uh, game against the Titans because he's dealing with a concussion, and that left with Trey Burton and Mo Cox. And so far, Cody, no one has really associated themselves as the true number one tight end. And I don't really think that has anything to do with the issue of, I really don't think that's an issue that has to deal with the players themselves. I think a lot of that has to do with the coaching aspect of why neither one of these guys have really asserted themselves as number one on the depth chart because you know, like running back by committee, this team is also tight end by committee as well. They really like to to mix up looks and give off different reads and different uh, coverages. So, like, you know, it's weird how that works, but I'm just wanting the Colts to really start showing people who's the number one because it's really starting to hurt me that none of these guys really have – you know, I think Molly Cox has asserted himself as the true number one, but the Colts haven't really said that or done anything with it. So what what's the thing here with the tight ends? Do, do you so- yep. re-sign Doyle? Do you bring back Burton? Is Molly Cox going to be the number one? What is up with this group? Yeah, I think the question mark, uh, the question for me is, you know, the future at this tight end position. I mean, you re-signed Doyle, but, you know, we kind of know what he is. Um, you know, Mo Ali Cox needs to be re-signed. Same with Trey Burton. He signed on a one-year deal. So, you know, first the question is, do you re- who do you re-sign? Do you re-sign all these guys? Do you, have, do you like your tight ends moving forward? Or do you look at the draft potentially and find a guy in the mid-rounds that you can maybe say, hey, this is a guy we're going to add into this. Maybe we don't re-sign a Trey Burton because we think this guy's younger and he can, get, he can be more productive. Uh, that is the biggest question mark. For me, moving forward, is what is the future at tight end? Because there's a lot of uncertainty. Beyond Jack Doyle, none of these tight ends um, are under contract through this year. So that's my biggest question for tight end. Yeah, I, I'm agree 100%. Um, now, me personally, I think all three of these guys are most likely coming back for at least uh, the beginning part of training camp, if anything. Because honestly, even though Doyle is very limited, has had – injury problems and is the oldest amongst all three of these guys. I just think Ballard and Reich, again, their love connection with Jack Doyle is something else. So I think he's probably going to stick around, probably gets a, a small contract to stick around with this group until they can find somebody else. But I don't really think they'll try too hard with this group. Um, I think they believe they have talent at this group where it's at. My issue is, is just they're not using Moali Cox the way that I feel they should. And I think that's a travesty for for Cox. But I'm glad this season Moali Cox has kind of put some respect on his name by performing in some of these games. And, you know, the Moali Cox that we thought he could be, he's starting to show himself a little bit. So that gives me a little bit of comfort going into next season. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think he definitely earned himself another contract extension, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, that, that's just the biggest question mark, uh, I think, for this. So, um, I think that'll do it for the offense then, looking at all the different question marks, different questions we have about this team, about all these position groups on offense. Like Derek said, we will do the defensive one, and we'll have that out a little bit later, maybe the day uh, after this one is posted. We'll see. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of our question marks for the Indianapolis Colts offense. The rest of the 2020 season, the 2021 offseason, how are the Colts going to approach it, and all these position groups. And uh, let us know in the comments what you guys think. Do you guys agree with us on our takes? Do you think some of our takes are off? Do you think they should resign a player or not resign a player? We said they should. Let me know and let Derek know in the comments below. But that'll do it for this episode, guys. Thanks so much. And as always, go Colts. Yeah.